I want you to hold me with your hands when others are falling down. I want you to hold me with your hands. I'm trying not to bring you shame because I know what it means for you to bring somebody out of nothing and anoint him to be somebody. I'm trying not to bring you shame because when I try to do the right thing, sometimes I find myself going towards something that is bad. Hold me, I don't want to bring you shame. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any person. Alright, Job 1 verse 8 to 12. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, and that there is none like him in earth, a perfect man and an upright man? See, when people say that there is no righteous man on earth, I think they're lying. This is God talking about somebody and saying he's a perfect man. This was even in the Old Testament. If there was a perfect man in the Old Testament, how much more now? So there's a perfect man, there's an upright man, and one that feared God and eschewed evil. And then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does he fear you for nothing? Is it not that you felt an age about him and about his house and about all that he had in every side? And you blessed the works of his hands and uh, his substances is increasing. So why wouldn't he be faithful? And God now had to tell him, then you can put your hand. He said, God, give me the permission. Let me just touch any of the things that he has, and he will cause you to your face. When God finished that, they did a bet. God said, he will not cause me to my face. And they bet, two of them, they had a bet. And God said, I trust my son. He's not going to commit sin. He's not going to go down, no matter what you do to him. And Satan told God, let's bet. And they did a bet. And so now when they finished doing the beds, God was watching Job. Satan was watching Job. And now any mistake Job makes will bring shame to God. Any righteousness he displays in the time of his trouble will bring joy to God and shame to the devil. All right, I'll be preaching to the powerful on what I call I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. Can you shout, wow? My fellowship with God is full of relationship. The way I fellowship with God is different. I liken my fellowship to God like it's a relationship. And the reason is because when I was in the world, I had my ways. I did the things I like to do. And I was a sinner like everybody else. I know most of you were born, born again. The moment you were born, you were saved. Lord, that saved you was in your mother's belly, so you were born saved. How many people were born saved? Born, born again. Nobody here. Okay, so me, I was born as a sinner and the devil dealt with me for many times. One of the things the devil can deal with you with is making you have so much guilt that you can't even approach God in prayers. The devil can deal with you so much until you can't even talk to God. with your father. God is telling you to talk to him and you can't talk to him because you're being dealt with with shame and dealt with with guilt. Have you ever done something that you don't like, but you don't know why you still do them? You find yourself doing something, you don't like it, but you can't help yourself. You're always in there. Many times you make decisions, I'm not going back there again. All of a sudden you find yourself going back to something you said you're not going to go back to again. And that was how my life was. I knew the scripture, I know what sin was, but I couldn't have power to come out of it. And the enemy dealt with me greatly. He makes me do some things and make me come to the altar, call every time. 
I'll make decisions on Sunday, Wednesday, I'll go back to the same thing. And that was so devastating. That was bad. That brought shame on me. And when I gave my life to Christ, I decided that I have to get to the depths of God to supersede the depth of sin where I came out of. I need to say that again. When I gave my life to Christ, I needed to get to the depth of God so that the depth of which I go with God will now supersede the depth I went with the devil. I have to make sure I get more serious with God than how serious I was with the devil. So when I was trying to do that, God said to me, the only way that can work is if you can make your fellowship with me to be a relationship. When I asked God, how do I do that? God said to me, when you were in sin, hope you still remember that everybody wants to sin, but nobody wants to stand the consequence. So God said to me, when you wasn't seen, you had girlfriends, which is a normal one. Everything that gets indulgent. So you get girlfriends, and God asked me, how many times do you call your girlfriends a day? I said, for the one I love so much, I call her like three times. Other ones are the ones who call me. I don't really bother myself about them. So God said to me, if you must want me to be close to you, you have to try as much as possible to pray like you call them because I want the depths that you're going to go with me to supersede the depths that you went with the devil. So if you called her three times, you need to pray with me three times. And God said to me, how many times do you visit her a week or a month? I said, at least one time I have to make sure I see her. And God said, since the depth of which you go with me have to be greater than the depth of which uh, you went with the devil, you still have to also get into prayers and fasting. Seek my face at least once before a month is over. And that was a great relationship I had with God. And the more closer I was with God, the more God becomes visible to me than how he had ever been. God became so visible to me. I remember one day God said, I want to be more closer to you than your singlet. I want to be more closer to you than the things that are around you. I want you to feel my presence like you felt the presence of the friends that you had before. So my presence growing up with God had uh, really made me to get into relationship. When relationship is concerned, you have to understand that there must be compromise. As far as relationship is concerned, there must be compromise. So God said to me, I have to start compromising. And when I mean compromising, I'm not talking about the negative side of it. I'm talking about the positive side. And compromise means there are things that I like that the other person in my relationship doesn't like. And so in order for a relationship to continue, I have to like what he likes, even though he doesn't favor me. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody. If you're getting married to somebody who likes Pepe and you don't like Pepe, in order for you to eat in the same plate, somebody must have to compromise. It must have been somebody who loved Pepe who start to eat without the Pepe. Somebody must have to compromise. Somebody has to bow to some other person's decision. He must have to get it to a point that somebody have to say, not my will, but your will. I don't know whether there's anybody here who cannot sleep in the house if the light is off. Is anybody like that? You can't sleep in the house if the light is off. Then you now get married to somebody who can't sleep in the house if the light is on. Somebody has to compromise if you have to sleep in the same room so that you don't stand at the switch. The husband and the wife stand at the switch till day breaks. It's trying to off the light, on it back, off. Honey, this is my house. This light has to be off. No, honey, you married me. This light has to be on. You just doing like that till day breaks. And when day breaks, the house shines. And you, even if you off the light or you on the light, the house is still shining and nobody can sleep anymore. So 
in order for there to be cohesity, in order for you to have relationship and a smooth one at that, there must be compromise. Somebody must have to let go what he likes and allow himself to love what another person likes. Somebody must have to reduce his voice and allow the other person's voice to also go up. One of the things I have to teach you about marriage is that when you get married, you try not to be angry when your mate is angry. When your mate is angry, give her the whole day to be angry. The day you're angry, make sure she's not angry. If two people get angry, you do so many bad things that you end up regretting. And so one of the things you have to do in relationship is that they must be compromised. You like staying out for a long time, but because you get married to somebody who don't like you staying out for a long time, you have to try as much as possible to please the one that you love. Most times you see that somebody's attitude just changed just because she's married. And that's the same thing it has to do when you get closer to God. When you have a relationship with God, your attitude has to change because now you're a child of God. And I need you to pay attention to that. When you are a child of God, you have to change your attitude. And the reason is because every little thing you do, people will start making reference to who your lover is. I need you to get that down. Anything you really do, people will get to start blaming your lover for what you do. I don't know how many times you have done something very bad. And instead of the people to talk to you over the thing you did, they start talking to your parents. Has it happened to somebody before? Yeah, most times a woman fights in the market. And when the woman was fighting in the market, people start saying that she's disgracing her husband. Have you heard something like that before? They don't even talk about the woman disgracing herself. They talk about how the woman is disgracing her husband. They say, you're disgracing your husband. And I think people have the tendency of pushing our shame to somebody that we love so much. And that is why we have to be very careful as children of God. Because sometimes when somebody has committed sin and he's so much well-placed in church, he's so much of a nice standard, he is a reverend, he is a pastor, he's a bishop. At the moment he commits sin, people fail to talk about his background. People fail to talk about his father's house. People fail to talk about his surname. But the thing they keep saying is, uh, but I thought he was a man of God. And when they said he was a man of God, they now liken him to God. So now God starts taking the blame over what the person did. Sometimes our attitude brings shame to the person that we are in relationship with. Oh, how I wish I can start preaching from here. Sometimes our attitude brings shame to somebody that we love so much that a mad person doesn't even take the shame. It is the relatives of a mad person that really takes the shame of the mad person. Most times it happens like that because or if somebody now who is well-placed in church, who had known God for a long time or had been in church for a long while, goes outside and steals or sleeps with somebody's wife, the first thing they say is that they don't even talk about his parents, talk about anything. They start talking about his church. They start talking about he's a man of God. And whenever they talk about a man of God... They start accusing God for choosing such a man. What they mean is, God, if you had known something, you wouldn't have chosen such a person who's bringing you shame. And the moment they say that, it brings shame to God who chooses me. I don't want to do something that make God so ashamed of choosing me because I know what it went through before he could choose me. How I wish I can preach in this hall today. I know what God went through before he can choose somebody like me. I know of people who would have told God not to choose me if God was to ask people for permission 
before he chooses people that he loves to choose. I know how many people would tell God, no, don't choose that man. His father is not prominent. His father is not known anywhere. Come and choose my kids. I know somebody who would say, Lord, you don't need to use that person because of the past life of the person and presented themselves so holy. And God didn't look at all the things I did in the past. He tried to reach out to me and pull me out. So I don't want to give him shame because anything that I do now will start bringing shame shame to the one who loves me so much, who had projected me. I don't know whether you've ever walked in a place before for somebody to sign a referee for you. He signs that he trusts you. He's now telling the people that he trusts you. You will not get out of hand. You will not do something bad. You won't steal. You won't carry the money and you won't run away with it and signs it with you. And uh, after some time, something happened and you ran away with the money and the person will be arrested and all the shame will be put on the person because the person had bet over something he wasn't sure of. And anytime I do something wrong or anybody does something wrong, uh, the first shame goes down to God and God starts feeding the pains of the things that you did because everybody starts naming you after God. They start saying, but I thought he was a man of God. I thought he was a child of God. I thought he was the one doing an akazo. I thought he was saved with Jesus' blood. I thought everything was good around him. Why did he have to do that? I discovered that my God becomes the first person who takes the shame, who takes the blame, because most times when God was anointing me, the devil came to God and tell God, bet me. He was going to stay as child of God up to three months. Bet me, just like he did to Job. Bet me he was going to stay as a child of God for a long time. And before you know it, you'll find somebody who was highly placed with God going down to something so sinful and shame catches everybody because of his attitude. And that's why I keep praying this prayer. I say, Lord, I'm trying not to bring you shame because I've seen pastors who have slept with women and I've heard about a pastor who slept with somebody who's 18 years old. I've seen somebody who was a highly blessed person. He ain't up being a drunkard. I've seen somebody who was a good person in church, a Sunday school teacher. He ended up being a pagan. He doesn't even go to church again. When I read of these stories and see how somebody who was highly placed, a big reverend, I read about him last month, who was a big reverend, now denied Christianity and left and said, God is unfaithful because of some things is passing through. When I read all these things and I think about myself, I said, Lord, don't let me give you shame. Don't let me bring shame to your kingdom. Don't let me do something that will make everybody say bad things about you. Don't let me go ahead and do some things in life and make people talk against you, Lord. I know the wall is heavy. I know things are bad. I know the pressure is so much. I know the devil wants to bring us down. The devil doesn't want us to make heaven. But Lord, I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to be the person that that used to be before. I'm trying not to go back to the things that I vomited. I'm trying to live a good life. Lord Jesus, give me the grace because it's not easy. I've seen people who were living so good life and now they've been a prostitute. I've seen some people when they were in secondary school, they were virgins living for the Lord. But since they left secondary school, got into university, they leave the way they like bringing shame to the glory of God and they are now known as pastors children who cannot leave the life and the legacy of the father who preached to them and I keep praying as a Lord I'm trying not to bring you shame I want you to hold me with your hands when others are falling down I want you to hold me with your hands I want you to keep me Lord Jesus I don't want to get back to the things that I left before Lord I know many people are falling every day Lord Jesus but I don't want to give you shame I'm trying not to bring you shame though the pressures 
because of sins are so much. Everybody's backsliding. People are falling down. Jesus, every day, I don't even know what to do. But Jesus, give me the grace of Lord. I'm trying not to bring you shame because every little thing I do, everybody keeps talking about God who chose me from nothing. I'm trying not to bring you shame because I know what it means for you to bring somebody out of nothing and anoint him to be somebody who is not a voice to people. I know what it means that you take somebody from nothing and it's not qualified and you make him qualify and make him to be an hero. Lord, I don't want to bring you shame because I know what it means for you to bath a child and after you finish bathing a child and the child goes back to the dead and start playing with sand after you've spent so much time bathing the child. Lord, I don't want to Go back to some things I used to do before. I'm trying not to bring you shame, but Lord, my strength is not good enough because I know many times I have said I won't going back to that thing again, but I see myself going back to some things I shouldn't have gone. Lord, I want you to hold me when others are falling down. Lord, help me to be the last man standing because I don't want to go back to shame. I don't want to go back to shame. The Bible talks about the righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a reproach. It brings shame. And not just that it brings shame to the person who commits the sin, but it brings shame to God who had trusted the person because uh, while we were saved, the devil and God had a bet. And uh, just like what happened in Job, Satan told God and said, Job is not going to be a child of God for a long time. If you allow some things to happen to him, if you allow anything to happen to his result, he will save you again. If anything happens to his child, Job won't save you. He won't be as faithful as he is. If you allowed anything to happen to Job's finances, you will see that his love for you will start dropping. So all I want you to do is bet me if Job will still be a child of God. And I don't know whether you found somebody before who finished watching a match and that Chelsea just won Arsenal and the person comes back home feeling so depressed. And sometimes he's not feeling depressed because they've won the match. Sometimes feeling depressed because he bets on the match. And so since he bets on the match, he's not just losing his excitement, but he loses his money. He starts becoming ashamed. He feels ashamed because all the bragging, he was bragging about the other club has now gone down. And so many times we don't even understand that my Christianity was betted by God. And God told the devil, I bet that he will stand. Wisdom Bob will stand. He will preach everywhere. I bet you Mary will stand and preach everywhere. I bet you this is what is going to happen to Zika. He's going to preach everywhere. He's going to be the next Benny Hinn. He's going to be the next Ketchin Koma. She's going to be so good and be lifted up and me, I'm walking here in the life uh, and doing what I like in school and I don't even understand uh, that God and devil did a bet over my behalf uh, and they are all watching me when I'm going to fall down or wake up and Lord, don't make me give you shame because uh, if I go down to sin, uh, the devil will be excited that I have fallen down and say, Lord, don't let me bring you shame because I know what it looks like that you Pick me from nothing and give me everything. And later I leave you and bite the finger that fed me. Lord, don't let me bring you shame. Don't let me bring you shame, Lord. Don't let me bring you shame, Lord. Don't let me bring you shame. Don't let the things that I see register into my mind. And when it register into my mind, it sends some things to my head. And my body starts behaving over the things that I see. And my body starts reacting. When my body starts reacting over the negative things that I see, Lord, hold me so that I will not bring you shame. 
Hold me so that I will not bring you shame. Lord, I'm trying. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to go back to the things I said I'm not going to do again. I'm trying. I know the pressure is so much. I know everybody's compromising, Lord. But I'm trying not to be who the devil want me to be. I'm trying to be like you want me to be. And Lord, it doesn't mean whether anybody claps for me or anybody likes the life I live. As far as you're pleasing with me, Lord, I'm okay. I'm, I'm trying not to go back to the things that I I said I'm not going to do before. I'm trying not to go back to the life I once lived. I'm trying, Lord, because I know you did a bet over my life. And since you did a bet over my life, anytime I want to go back to sin, your heart breaks because you feel I'm going to bring you shame. But Lord, I can't do it by my strength, Lord. I've seen great men falling down. I can't do it by my strength. Hold me, Lord. When I feel like falling down, Lord Jesus, I need you to hold me. When my mind is thinking about something else, hold me, Lord. Lord, because I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to go back to the things I used to do. I'm trying not to be who the devil want me to be. I'm trying not to go down there. I know what it means that after you finish committing sin, you come to the church and you don't even feel connected because the devil is there around you to remind you of the things you did on Saturday. I know how it means that you come to the presence of God and everybody thinks that you're righteous, but your God knew what you did on Saturday. I know what it means that you come to the presence of God trying to connect, but the devil wants to pull you aside. I know what it means, Lord. I've once been there, Lord. I don't want to go back there again. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying. I'm trying not to bring you shame. Hold me, Lord. I try not to bring you shame. I'm trying to hold on until the last day where you can tell me well done. I'm trying to hold on, Lord. I don't want to follow people. I want to follow what you want me to follow. I want to be like you. And Lord, if I can only be like you, I think I'll be satisfied. I'll just be satisfied. I'll be excited if I can follow you. If I can do the things you want me to do, Lord, I'll be satisfied. My joy will be complete. Not when people are happy with me, but when you are pleased with me. Lord, I don't want to die and go to hell. Lord, 15 years from now, I still want to preach like I'm preaching, Lord. I want to still preach the sound truth. I don't want impurities to get into my system and impurities to get into my message, Lord. Get me connected, Lord, because I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. This is more like a prayer to me than just a sermon. This is more like a prayer because when I think about people that have fallen down, I don't see myself better than them. I see them as people who never thought they were going to fall down, but because of some circumstances of life, they were drawn back from God. We are in the age where a lot of attention is put on material things. And now material things start to be what defines unfollowing God. They think that the love of God is based on the material things that they achieve. That's why some people stay back from church when something happens to their car. Some people stay back from church when something happens to their house. Some people stay back from church when something happens to their finances. But Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of God? Is it money? Is it cars? Is it clothes? Is it anything? Is it my CGPA God, what shall separate us from the love of God? And when he had finished seeing everything, he said, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Because I want God to hold me in the times of pain. I want God to hold me. I want to love God without anything. I don't want to love him because of the things that I'm finding. I don't want to love God because of the things he gives to me. I don't want to love God because he gives me money. And I love him when I have money. And when I don't have money, I throw my back on him and I behave the way I like with him. Lord, I want him to hold me in trying times. I want to be still 
faithful when there's no money in my pocket help me to be faithful lord i'm trying not to bring you pain and i'm trying not to bring you shame because i know what it looks like to be on the cross and die for somebody that doesn't even understand i know what it looks like to leave your throne and come to the cross of calvary i know what it looks like to come down to die for somebody like me who was rejected who wasn't worthy i know what it looks like to be called a sinner when you have never committed sin lord i know what it looks like jesus to be rejected of men and people's parts on you lord i'm trying not to bring you shame i don't want to die and go to hell i don't want to become a monumental failure god give me i'm trying not to bring you shame I'm trying not to bring you shame, Lord. I'm trying not to bring you shame, but I can't do by my strength. I need your power. I can't do by my strength, Lord. I need your anointing. I can't do by my strength. Be upstanding, everybody. I can't do by my strength, Lord. The devil wants me down, and Lord, you want me up. I can't do it by my strength, Lord. Can't do it by my strength. Job didn't even understand that they have struck a bet over his behalf. And God, you're striking a bet over me that I'm not even sure of myself. You went and struck a bet with the devil. Job didn't understand that they have struck a bet over him. And God said, I trust him. And Job is here. He can't even trust himself. And now the house is gone. And Job is faced with the temptation of going to look for a herbalist to tell him what is wrong with his house. His health is gone. And Job is now tempted to go and start checking out what's wrong with my health. What's wrong with my health? And now the wife comes to him and said, cause God and die. And he didn't even understand that God has struck a bet with the devil and said, my son is not going to disappoint. He's not going to disappoint. He's not going to disappoint you. Lord, I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. Though there are pressures on my right, are pressures on my left. But Lord, give me. Give me, Lord. Give me, Lord. Lift your hands, everybody. I'm closing here. Give me, Lord. I'm trying not to bring you shame. When the lecturer said, come and sleep with me, I'm trying not to bring you shame. When the devil said to me, you have to stop doing this church thing. How come you're doing this church thing all the time? Lord, I'm trying not to bring you shame. When everybody's saying he's showing up, Lord, I'm trying not to bring you shame. When everybody don't understand me anymore, and they think I'm just trying to please the pastor. Lord, I'm trying not to bring you shame. When sin comes at every angle, keep me because I don't want to bring you shame. I know what it looks like to trust somebody and the person falls out the trust. I know what it looks like to bath somebody and the person goes back and gets dirty. I know what it looks like that after everything was done to somebody, he bears the finger that fed him. I know what it looks like that you were on the church and you were going around every lunch and you win some souls to God and after some time you are not smoking cigarette. People will talk about you. I know what it looks like to come to church and yet I'm not saved and everybody's living the way they like. Lord Jesus, give me the grace, Lord. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame. But I can't do by my strength, Lord. I can't do by my power. By strength shall no man prevail. So hold me in the times of pain. Hold me when trouble want to take me. 
Hold me when demons want to take my life. Hold me, Lord, when I feel like falling down. Hold me. Hold me, Lord. Hold me, Lord. I don't want to be a sinner on Saturday and look like a saint on Sunday morning. Hold me, Jesus. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to make people talk about me and say bad things about you, Lord. Hold me, Lord. Hold on. Close your eyes, everybody. Lift up your hands. Lord, I'm trying. Lord, I'm trying. This is my prayer. It's not even a preaching. This is my prayer, Lord. I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying not to bring you shame, Lord. Because everybody woke up. Nobody will talk about my father. Nobody will talk about my mother. Nobody would talk for surname. The first thing they'll say, I thought he was a child of God. I thought he used to go to church. I thought he said that God has saved his life. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. Even somebody who's living in sin will keep thinking and will say bad things about me. Even somebody who's doing what he likes will keep talking about me. So Lord, hold my hands when others are falling down. I don't want to give you shame. Hold my hands. I hear God saying this morning, I said, don't give me shame. I hear God looking at you and said, Mary, don't give me shame. I have trusted you so much. Don't give me shame. I heard God say, Christiana, don't give me shame. I heard God say, Joel, don't give me shame. Have I mentioned your name yet? I hear God say, Samuel, don't bring me shame. Don't bring me shame. I've trusted you. I've given you the anointing. I hear God mentioning people by name. I said, don't bring me shame. Lord, I'm trying not to live like a sinner, bringing you shame every day. Lord, hold me. When life looks miserable, hold me. When I can't even make a stand, hold me, Lord. When I don't even know what I'm doing, Lord, hold me. When my mind is divided, overstanding or falling down, hold me. How I wish I was talking to somebody in this hall. When I am fallen of sin and I don't like the things you like, hold me, Lord. When I'm desperate to get a husband, hold me so that I don't fall into shame, Lord. When I'm desperate and I want to do what others are doing, hold me, Jesus. So I don't bring you shame. Hold me, Lord. Close your eyes, everybody. Hold me, Lord. Hold me, Lord. Does it not bother you that you have somebody who's your neighbor? He brings in women every night, sleep with them. He's a sinner. He brings in women and sleep with them. But the first time you wanted to bring a woman, everybody turned to you and said, you're a pastor. Why do you want to do this? You're a pastor. Later you will come and preach to us. You're a pastor. But they've been doing it all along. And it means the one I do is the one that is projected because I am supposed to be the light of the world. I'm not supposed to be a darkness of the world. And so Lord, hold me so that I don't become disappointment to the church. Hold me so that I don't fall and everybody start blaming you. Hold me, Lord. When people are falling down, hold me. I'm not trying to uh, do what they are doing. I want you to just hold my hands because even when I try to do the right thing, sometimes uh, I find myself going towards something that is bad. Hold me. I don't want to bring you shame. I don't want to bring you shame. Lift your hands up close your eyes. I'm closing. I don't want people to say but I thought he was a pastor's son 
I, I thought she was a pastor's daughter. How come she doesn't even look like the father? Lord, hold me. Hold me. Hold me. I don't know whether you feel you're too not to fall. But I think you need God to hold your hands. If he doesn't hold you, you can fall like every other person. You need Jesus to hold your hands. I thought you were going to pray right now. When people are falling down, me, hold me. Six people needed these messages. Six people needed this message because the devil had planned a fall for them. God said to me, six people needed this method because the devil had planned a fall. He had planned that they will fall down. And my prayer is, hold me, Lord, before I do something that will make everybody talk against me. Hold me, Lord, before everybody starts saying bad things about you because of my deed. Hold me, Jesus. I'm not trying to bring you shame. Hold me, Lord. Hold me, Lord. Hold me, Jesus. My Hold me, Lord. When the weight of what I'm passing through is so much on me, hold me. I don't want to fall and go back to how I used to live, Lord. Hold me. When the situation is dragging me back, Lord, hold me. I'm trying not to give you shame, Lord. But sometimes my body is divided and my thoughts are divided and sometimes I want to do the right thing and I find myself doing something that is bad and Lord if you don't hold me I'll bring you shame if you don't keep me I'll bring you shame if you don't hold me I'm trying not to bring you shame I'm trying not to bring you shame I'm trying not to bring you shame I'm trying not to bring you shame, Lord. Lift your hands, everybody. Everybody lift up your hands. Lift it up to heaven. Hold on. God said, I should tell you, do you remember how many times you bring me shame? How many times you've allowed people to talk negative things against me? Do you remember how many times you try to raise somebody, make the person to become a child of God at the end, you end up messing up with the person? Have you noticed how many shame you brought me ever since you start fooling me? Have you seen how many times you've made me ashamed? And God said to me, if you are ready to renew your relationship, I'm ready to renew and come back to you because I've been tired of your too many shames. You've been giving me so much shame and I'm a just God and everybody keep blaming me for having something to do with you and you keep bringing me shame anytime. I want to trust you with something. You keep falling down and you keep making me look like I'm stupid to trust somebody like you and God said if you can just give me one more chance, I wouldn't mind coming back to you. I wouldn't mind regaining and putting up you up and lifting you from where you've fallen. God said is there anybody who wants to come back? My door is open. Is there anybody that wants to come back? Is there anybody that wants to come back? Is there anybody that wants me back? I'm trying not to bring you shame. I'm trying. But my strength is not good enough, Lord. I'm trying. 